Welcome to my podcast, Two Whiskies and a Cigar. I'm your host, Frankie Sabini. This podcast's sole purpose is to bring you knowledge, motivation and help within your chosen industry or sport. I'll be sitting down each week to talk to people who have either achieved a high level of success in business or sport and individuals who have amazing skills and experiences that the world needs to hear. My aim is to help as many people as I can by gaining insights from industry leaders and athletes. So please, pour yourself a whiskey, light a cigar, sit back and enjoy. Today's guest is a former cage fighting champion who performed for Cage Warriors, CFC and many more British, uh, British promotions. He has been on UFC's radar and beaten three UFC veterans at 31, he's a true veteran of the sport, with 31 fights, 18 wins, and 11 by submission. He's now making the move to professional boxing. Brad, welcome to the show. Cheers, mate. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. I appreciate it. I do really appreciate it coming on. My busy training for your new fight coming up. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, so obviously, um, I had two knee injuries, you know, two knee surgeries in the last two years. Um, I actually don't think in a way that was a great blessing because it, um, you know, has allowed me to focus on myself and uh, other areas of my life, you know, and put things into perspective a bit, you know, and, um, you know, I found myself um, looking down the boxing path um, just because of, you know, the, obviously the, after the surgeries and everything, I'm not 100% with my knees yet, but... You know, I, I, I want a goal, something to focus on, a target to work towards, you know. Mm. And I always box, you know, since I was 13, so... Um, and I ended up on my feet, really, you know. I'm out, I'm out uh, training over at Origin with uh, the likes of like, Mark Tibbs, yeah. Jimmy Tibbs, John Fisher, John Hitch, Tommy Fletcher, you know. You've got a good stable of good guys, uh, guys and girls there. You've got Ebony Bridges, uh, world champion, you know. And, um, yeah, everything seems to be coming together now. Mm. But, I'm out to speak, obviously, we've known each other for 12, 13 years now. So I've followed your career as a friend and as a fan pretty much the whole whole way through. For me, you're unbelievable on the ground, but I think you was always underestimated standing up. I think because you've got so many submission wins, the people just think when you're cage fighting, you're, you're just sort of a, a submission fighter. But like some of your finishes standing up are class, right? yeah. like perfect digging in the body shots. Um, and then obviously for me, I'm from a boxing fan, so that's always what I look for. So I'm really excited to see uh, what you can do in boxing, guys, to be honest. Yeah, you know what, because, like I said, I, my first combat sport was boxing. I boxed since I was 13. And even when I started doing all the other stuff, like I did a bit of Thai boxing, Jiu-Jitsu, and all this and that. And when I was always saying, mate, I still always box in a boxing gym. So I think when I first went to MMA, I thought, right, I've got good striking. I need to hammer my Jiu-Jitsu. And I just took to it really well, mm. and I just think um, with the jiu-jitsu side of things, you know, I was able to pull off things like just naturally just picked it up really well. And mm. so in fights, get into a bit of a scramble, get into this, get into that, and in in, in the scrambles as well, I catch submissions and stuff. So I did get a name as like a jiu-jitsu fight, but you know, I think maybe. Maybe people done a little bit of background search for oh, he comes from a boxing background and, and they try to take it down and, and then they realise, oh, actually, he's good, good jiu-jitsu. But then later on in my career, people decided to stab me because I'm stuck there as well, so, yeah. 
So, how did you get into mixed martial arts? No, it was like growing up. Um, I was a bit lost. <laughs> I didn't really fit in anywhere, and um, I did not do myself. And I got in the boxing gym, and that kind of kept me, uh, gave me a bit of focus, a bit of discipline, training. You know, something. But I, I was always searching for that next thing, that next thing. And I, was, I was doing Thai box, doing this, doing that, and then I see like UFC on like YouTube or something. I was younger, and I thought, yeah, that's how I want to do that. Because, no, I was a big Van uh, Damme fan growing up. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I watched like, Bloodsport and Kickboxer. So, like, Bloodsport was, like, your, 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 your movie version of MMA. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, even though I did love, like, even the Rocky films, all, all them old, older 80s films used to always inspire me to, to train and go and do this and that. So, that's why I started off with boxing, probably through watching Rocky movies and that, and becoming a Van Damme fan. I wanted to do something like Bloodsport and obviously MMA and like and that was the closest thing to it and I ended up going down that path, you know, and uh, here we are. Because it, I mean, Cage Fight or, or UFC especially wasn't that big when we were younger. When I think I only really started getting into it when I met you, so 12 odd years ago, but I think even then it weren't, it weren't on TV, it weren't the size of it is now, but I think it was big in a certain community, but obviously boxing was always the number one like for combat sports on TV. Yeah. So it's a, when, when obviously I met, we've got a mutual friend, I met you through Sam, and he said you're a cage fighter. I was like, what's cage fighter? It's like rolling about a cage, like just like wrestling kind of thing. I didn't never realise what it was. And I think like this new wave of, of sort of cage fighters that are coming through, like from Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor now, uh, Paddy Pimlet, it's, it's elevated the sport so much more. But really, you was like star on the British scene. Well, yeah, do you know what? Even even though when I first went to like like you said, everyone just knows UFC, you know. Mm. Obviously, like in, in the UK scene, like back in the day, you had Cage Rage, Cage Warriors was back around back then as well. But the shows were all scattered all over the country, and uh, so when I first got into it, there weren't many gyms about it. It was, it was very, very relatively. I got in two thousand six, I think. And uh, it was a new sport, you know, I had to travel into London to get training, you know, like, because I couldn't find any gyms anywhere local, you know, and so looking up to, in, in the UK, it was guys like Michael Bisping, Paul Daly, Dan Hardy, you know, them, them guys were like already, I guess, the wave before me, do you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. of, of MMA fighters, but again, like, unless you're like an MMA fan on that, you, back then, unless you went in on it mm. it wasn't really mainstream you know unless you are like a hardcore fan I remember I used to have to try and watch like the elite XC shows and whatever, um, like just try and find like a, a YouTube or a funny link or I, I used to have an old DVD guy <laughs> like he used to get like all these different MMA events and uh, like the fights that I wanted to see they'd, they'd, they'd send you and that like it was yeah it was, it was nothing like it is now no. like, even now you know boxing is still the biggest sport <clears throat> but MMA is becoming more mainstream, like you said, with guys like Conor McGregor putting it on the map and that. Mm. Yeah, another guy fought K Warriors as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just growing still. Yeah, even, and I mean, really, the possibility of anything is because I think I read somewhere about five, six years ago, I can't remember who the fight was, it was a young American kid, I want to say like Norton, something Norton. Um, I think he was quite tall, really lean. But he's like, he'd come through at one point, then I thought it was going to be the next best thing. 
he's not he's not trying to coach uh, UFC anymore. But he when he came through it was about 17, 18, they said he's one of the first people to come through. Do you know what I mean? Sage Northcutt. That's it. Yeah. And he's one of the first people to come through who's actually trained as an MMA fighter as a kid. Yeah. And you look at like when you think about it, everybody who's ever gone into UFC previous to that, even with a boxing background, wrestling background, Brazilian jiu-jitsu backgrounds, like he's actually dedicated his whole life for a mixed martial artist. So like the level where it's going to go now, I reckon, like the next sort of 10, 15 years, it's yeah. probably going to take to a whole new, whole new step up, isn't it? Yeah, to be fair, but like, yeah, like it was like that. It used to be just like discipline versus discipline to start off with, but nowadays, you know, everyone yeah has to know everything. Mm. Um, like you're still gonna have guys that favour a certain thing or like you do one thing first. Like me personally, I like to do every discipline separately, and then do like MMA sparring mm. to like link it together. Yeah, you know. But it's it's like people don't see the graph that goes in. People think it's a ball in the cage. It's like it's not. It's like it's really actually like a technical chess match. You know, like. This is there's so many different ways you can win and lose a fight, and if you're not understanding what's going on, you're not going to see that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I go, like I said, I, I, even though I was doing MMA and this, that I always boxed in a boxing gym. You know, I went to a pure jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu gym for jiu-jitsu. I went to Thai boxing for Thai boxing, and then I, I did MMA wrestling and, and sparring. You know, it's yeah, mate, it just takes up so much of your day and your week. You know, yeah, like, it's, it's a lot of commitment, considering. Really, the money's not in it where where the boxing is. To to carry it on like people do, like what you've done, it shows how much you love the sport. Because, like, I mean, I think it's in the UFC. They're still only like fifty grand for like top fights and things like that, don't they? Like, yeah, you look at the money difference between um, boxing and MMA, mm. and, and what what you what you threw for MMA. It's, it's meant like myself. I've got four plates in my face. I've had two knee surgeries, broken leg, broken like thing fractured up. I've named this injuries. Mm. You know, I've, I've done three rounds of a broken leg. Yeah, fight with both jaw carried on one. You know, and not never for anything much money really. No mm -hmm. more than a few grand. And uh, but you know, the love and passion for it, I guess. I mean, I think that's right. Anything though, like to be to to, to be the top of anything, sport, business, anything like that. You just got a different different mindset, and you got to be obsessed with that particular thing. And just willing to sacrifice everything else. Yeah. Like, you tell me a bit about like your mindset, what you go through, like when you're training day in day out, like crafting. Do you know what with me, right? Um. Uh, well, get to personality, you know, um, and that's probably why. Um. I've I, I think. Do you know what it is? It's like it's, it's weird because like, obviously like I've recently with the injuries and stuff. I've been held back from training. So outside of training, like, uh, you know, like, mental health was a bit of a mess, you know, and I, I would use uh, drinking drugs to mask my feelings, you know what I mean? Mm. So, in a way, training was a way of masking my feelings, you know what I mean? Yeah. Giving me something to focus on, something to work towards, something to, it kept me occupied, you know, and, I, like, and um, that's what I've like, learned over the last, like, year, really. About myself, um, you know, um, I was, I was, I feel, like, 
I was always running away from myself, you know, and so training and fighting was my escape, you know, and so getting that next fight, getting that next thing, it was always a focus of goal, goal to take my mind off of now, do you know what I mean? And then once I got actually injured, it put, my, put, me my mind, put everything into perspective, and obviously I couldn't train, because I physically couldn't because of my knees and that, so my only other way of escaping was down the booze or down the do you know what I mean? And yeah. I was just self-destructing all the, all the time, and um, you know, then I had to do some work on myself and really think about what, what, because obviously my escape was only the gym, the training, and the fighting. You know, I got to figure out what this issue is and deal with it because ultimately you can't run from it forever. And um, so I got into recovery. You know, and uh, it's really grateful for it because you you do this. It's like a twelve step program, and, and you realise like everything you're doing is to change the way you feel. You train to change the way you feel. You drink to change the way you feel. Eat to change the way you feel. A- anything you can get addicted to doing anything, yeah. you know, to change the way you feel. You know, but like they say, they say it's like nothing external, if it's something internal. Mm. And obviously, it's like I said, that's why I said I feel like the injuries were a blessing because it made me look at look at the man in the mirror. Do you know what I mean? And I had to fix me internally rather than you know people pleasing uh, and thinking like like doing. Yeah. Other things, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do, yeah. And and now it's least like from by doing that now, I now have a very good understanding of myself, my behaviour, things I've done in the past, things that happened to me. Um and I, I get it now, do you know what I mean? I understand it. And um so I'm grateful that like you know what I mean life's a lesson to me and, and you I'm, I'm I'm actually really grateful that I've got injured. Because I don't think I'd be where I am now had I not done the work on myself. Because mm-hmm. I'd probably still be in that mindset of living that life of just winning that next fight, winning that next fight. But then normally I would have had to come to this place when I, if it, like, my body gives up on me, I had to retire. Like, so when you get to get to yeah. the point where I physically couldn't train or fight anymore, then what? Then I'm stuck with myself again. Yeah. But now, you know, I understand myself. Yeah. You know, I, I get what, why I felt how I felt. I'm not perfect, I mean, no one is, but I've got a program now that allows me to deal with my head without having to try and escape it all the time. For me, looking outside in, I see the self-destructive what you went through, but then I see when you you had like a big fight, you used to put it together. And in between them fights, you, you, again, probably because you didn't have fights to look forward, so you you went out and self-destructed again, but like, how long time are you now? Nine months. Nine months, mate. Brilliant, well done. Yeah. Like, I can just see a massive difference in you. Like, you just feel, you look more calm and relaxed, like, all the time. Like, you look like you're just comfortable and confident. Where before, not that, like, you weren't confident or anything like that, but I don't know, like, I can't even explain the difference, but it just feels like there's a, a different, like, aura around you now. Yeah. Which is, like, nice to be around. Like, Although I always used to like being like, yeah. yeah, but like we used to sit there, we used to talk, and I used to say like, why, are you, like, why are you doing that? And then you sort of didn't really give an answer and and sort of change the subject. Now it's like, this is why I've done that, and yeah. it's nice to yeah. see. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's nice to, to see how you're understanding. Again, I'm not perfect. I'm not preaching at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a friend, it's it's incredible to see that the difference in what the recoveries give you. Yeah, and, and like, as you said, like the, the things you put your body through, 
we've ever managed to predict. That's why yeah. you, you mentioned it here, like one of the fights I've come watch you, it was a title fight, wasn't it? When you broke your, yeah, your yeah. jaw in two places. Like five places, yeah. five places, yeah. the first round. Four plates. No, 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 third round. Was it third round? Yeah. But then you have to do another two rounds, didn't you? No, 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 no. You know what? It was, <coughs> it was, it was, a, it was three five minute rounds of title fight, right? Mm. And I requested it, no, it's five fives. I said, no, it's title fight, I wanted five fives. And I think, I don't know, the limit was just maybe for the running time, it's like, no, it's only going to be five fives. But I'm grateful it was, because I broke my jaw in the third, which yeah. was the last round. So if I got back to my corner with a broken jaw, I would have gone back out for round four. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I would have lost that fight. Yeah. If it was a five rounder. So, uh, in a way, I'm grateful. It, yeah. it was a three rounder. Did you know you broke it? At the I, time? I did, well, I knew something went right because I had some horrific pain come mm. through my face and blood was coming out of my mouth. Well, normally, you know, when you've been cut or something's happened because you, like, you feel it like warm yeah. right down your face or something. Uh, but this is coming out my mouth. Yeah. And my jaw felt buckled up and I was just like, something's not right here. Yeah. And I remember like the corner, like, I, was, I took it down, I was I was on top and I was just like, hiding my head and my chin down and controlling him because I didn't want to get hit. And they're, they're, they're screaming like, push your own punch. And in my head I'm thinking, you fucking need a punch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's down, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean I, but I had to hide it because I thought the ref sees it, he's going to stop the fight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so, Oh, and you know that like, I was a, it, that was one of the most hardest things mentally I had to get myself through because my head was like, your jaw's fucked. Look at the ref and just do that, tell him like you're done. And the other part was like, no, you're winning this fight. Like, just get to the end of the round and you win the decision. But then my other part, my head's like, your jaw's fucked. <laughs> the blood's coming out of your mouth. Do you know what I mean? I'm in this like argument in my head between whether I should look to the ref or, or carry on fighting while I win the fight. Yeah, all the same while trying to avoid punches. I did, I did, I, at one point I did posture up and he hit me from the bottom uh, and the pain on a scale of 1 to 10 was like 20. And I was just like, fuck, probably broke it again, you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, no one really clocked it till after the fight and then they tried to interview me and I couldn't speak because the door was hanging like, <laughs> And uh, yeah, obviously I went straight into surgery that night. And, uh, no, I went straight to hospital and had surgery first thing in the morning. So, you had another one as well where you fought a full fight a broke neck, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, a couple of weeks out before the fight, I was sparring. Something, something didn't go right on my leg. And uh, now looking into it and thinking about things, when you're like cut, dieting and you're cutting weight and all that, your body starts drawing nutrients from uh, your, your bones and stuff, yeah. so you're a bit more like fragile. And uh, so, what? Um, it's Jay Shepard, like, rest in peace. Like, um, I've done it actually. No, he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it caught me. With, I don't know what happened. There's a funny angle of a kick here, but it was around the back of my leg, right? So this is like two weeks out before the fight, so I didn't do nothing really. Like, I got it checked, and a uh, sports physio said, Oh, you got bruised calf, just rest it, it'll be fine for the fight. So obviously, I rested it, you know, and. Uh, because obviously I hadn't aggravated it or nothing, it was getting better. Well, as I thought, do you know what I mean? And then, uh, yeah, this is going into the Matt Inman fight. And then, in the change rooms, doing the warm up and all that, and we practiced the triangle. And as I put my leg behind it and pulled it down, I felt like something separated 
And I was just like, ah, oh, like screaming. And they were like, well, what? And I was like, my leg is fucked. They're like, what do you mean? I said, it's fucked. Yeah. They're like, no, like, like, what do you mean? And they're thinking I'm like nervous or, 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 or like, do you know what I mean? Having a little bit of a moment. I, I never get like, like that before a fight. Like, no. You know, and they get up, so we're doing trying like, right, let's do a bit of paddle, we'll do one, two, step off right hand. Oh, hello, testing. Yo. Right. So. Take two. Take two. Sorry about that. We run out of memory and nearly got upset. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell me about your. when you had the broken leg? Right, so the broken leg in, in the changing rooms. Mm. I didn't have broken at the time. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, so I like, done, the, done the triangle and it went, and I was telling them my leg's fucked. And, uh, so we got, I was doing a bit of pad work. So then one, two, step off, and every time I stepped on it, I winced, you know, and in my head I'm like, what do I do, do I, look, do I tell the medic, do I tell the officials, so I look, I don't think I can fight, you know, it, it was like, I was fighting at him and he just fought for the world title, I thought if I beat him, I might get the title fight next, you know, I'd sold a load of tickets, it was it was a big fight and I didn't want to pull out, you know, I'd, I'd been out to try and start training for it, and all the right prep and everything, it just never like I said, with the, couple of weeks before the fight, I just injured it, it was sparring. And I didn't realise to the extent it what it was. Even at this point in the changing room, I'm like, I'm like fuck it, I'll try and knock him out. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And uh, you know, obviously the fight didn't go my way, you know, but I was pretty much one legged. Yeah. Um, anytime we clinched I couldn't push up a bit. I was like I had pretty much a, a, an elbow and knee pad for three rounds and well, I had a few little moments, you know, where I feel like, you know, you know, I was never out of the fight, like, you know, and it, it just frustrates me more than anything, because, you know, I feel like, well, had I been 100%, you know, I think I would have got the win, you know, because I feel like if you can't finish me with one leg, how you going to finish me 100%? Mm. But then I should have pulled out, but it wasn't until after the fight, I was in the medical room, we, um, the doctor, the paramedic said to me, hold on, I can't remember, he said to me, um, <laughs> he said, uh, oh, you was limping on the way to the cage. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got a bruised calf. And, and uh, he looked at me funny. But let me check your legs. So he checked it. And he said, oh, I think you've got a fractured leg. So I went in an x-ray. I had, like, three hairline fractures. You know. So I'm, I, even lucky that I didn't snap my leg in the fight. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I must have... When I'd done the original injury, you know, I, I must have separate more in the changing room mm. they might have only took another whack and it might have split completely you know so the way it's great from my leg didn't fall full snapping off but yeah jesus you know it cost me the fight um like live and learn yeah right and i think i think um so something about it as well is like your mentality with with the drinking and fighting at the same time yeah like so obviously you you done one fight sober lost it, then you fought the DJ Lima fight, was in hospital six days prior, do you know what I'm sort of? One, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like the, your ego there is like, uh, I'm, I'm like, you, you, I sometimes win a few fights from that and, and, and I get ahead of myself and I, I start just doing what I want because I feel like no one can beat me, I'm, I'm untouchable, you know, and, you, and you're forgetting the work you put in that got you them results, you know? Like, like I said before, you know, I've, I've, I've lost fights I should have won on paper, 
but then I've won fights. I should have lost on paper because mm. when I'm, you know, backs against the wall or coming off of a loss, that's when I rise to the occasion. Like when I when I get the fight that people are telling me you're gonna lose that or that guy's good, that's the fight I'm gonna try my arse off for because I want to prove people wrong. Mm. But when you're telling me I'm gonna win a fight, I get complacent. Yeah, you know, and that's the story. The story of my whole uh, career, pretty much. You know, always up and down, up and down. Have a good spell, lose if I should win. Have a good spell, like do you know what I mean. I just, and it was just keeping that consistency. But then ultimately, I was just uh, had my own battles internal that were going on. You know, and that's why I was drinking and using drugs. You know, because I was trying to escape my head all the time. You know, and um, again, training and fighting was another escape as well. You know, and then. You know, Friday night, you would tell me, no, let me try and this fight, you can be that guy. But realistically, it was because I couldn't deal with myself on a daily basis. You know, literally everything I've ever done has been to escape myself. Mm-hmm. Training to escape myself. Drinking to escape myself. You know, and like, I'll get into it, yeah, so like, as a fighter, it's hard to, to have a, a, a job on top of training. Mm-hmm. Your best training is daytime training. They used to sell drugs, right? But to sell drugs, you have to be around that sort of crowd, that sort of people, right? So I would have a day training through the days, and in the evenings I'd go down the pubs or wherever else, you know. And you'd be amongst it, because well, you're amongst it, you're doing it while you're with them. And, yeah. and, do you know what I mean? Just to try and make a bit of money, like to get you by through the weeks. But then you're being out with that sort of crowd and that environment all the time, you're going to end up doing this. So I did this for years, like, and I, it, it never done me any favours, you know. and Obviously, women addictive personalities. As soon as I start something, I don't want to stop. It's not mm. anything. But that's why when you put them addictive personalities into the right things, you know, you you can do well. Like like for example, like where I am now. Yeah. You know, um, actually doing the work on myself to figure out what the issues are and the problems, knowing how to deal with them now, I can actually focus on my goals and targets and put the same, you know, drive into them as I did with. Yeah, my craziness. <laughs> yeah, I'd be the last man standing. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I had to be that guy who, who drank the most, who, who stayed out the longest. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, pride and ego. Like, well, it's not pride, but like your ego. Like, you want to be really big works. You know what I mean? Whereas, but they want to talk about the next day type thing. Yeah, but really, you're the clown, isn't you? Mm. You know? Like, you're, you're the talk of the show. But again, what's that? Like, Acceptance, you know, like again, the character defects and like living up to other people's expectations because I wasn't comfortable in myself, so I was always looking for acceptance in external things. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, that, like the recovery, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself and I, I now understand myself. And you know, you, you forgive yourself for the way you acted before. I can sit down and beat myself up about it, it's not going to change anything. No, you've got to, you, you can't, can't change what's happened. No, like, so you just got to move on and be better, isn't Learn from it and move forward. Yeah. You know, and try and hopefully pass that on to other people so they don't make mistakes I did. I was going to say that, you're helping others as well. Trying. <laughs> you can't help someone, don't want to be helped. You know, yeah. but, you know, if anyone ever asks for help or reaches out for help, I'm always, I'm always the first to offer yeah. my hands, you know what I mean? Because he, 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 he's hard. He, he, we live in a world now where there's so many expectations and it's supposed to be like this, it's supposed to be like that. Like, like you, 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 you be in the place you be when you're ready to be, do you know what I mean? Mm. But I think people put too much expectation, too much weight on their own shoulders. And, um, 
and, and pride and ego and this like whole stigma of men having like being like tough, you know, you're yeah. like macho tough and, and, and like an image of you're, you're okay, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and a lot of people ain't and, and, and that's the way they deal with it, that's the way I dealt with it, you know, yeah. with drinking and drug use and it's, it's all addiction, you know, like even like you know, um, alcohol is drunk, you know, it's just legal. <laughs> do you know, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? And, and so in my opinion, it's the worst one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, if I don't think of a drink, nothing else happens. You know, yeah. once I think of a drink, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm terrible for it. I, I didn't drink until I was about 24. So I used to go out, nights out, a bit of driving because I was playing ice hockey, playing pro ice hockey. So like, on the Saturday morning, I'd have a game. So I, I would drink on the Friday, and then as soon as that sort of switched and I stopped playing hockey, well, like, I can't go out and have a drink now. I'm not an alcoholic in the sense that, like, I don't go out all the time and all that. I'm not when enough's enough. But I wake up some morning the next day, and I'm like, why did I let it get to where it got to last night? I'd be like, so I've got one, one of my good mates. Um, sometimes we'll go out on Sunday for a couple of pints at lunch. I wake up Monday morning for going over. I'm like, why have I just ruined my whole yeah, week now just to be out with my mate having a laugh and having a chat and having drinking involved? It's like, you said, it's, it's addictive because I, I haven't necessarily got an addictive personality, but in that moment, I don't want to not drink. Yeah, like, yeah. I want uh, that last pint all the time, that like one more. And it's yeah. like, I mean, again, it's, it's, I, I don't know the reasons why I can't, when I go out, stop drinking. Yeah. Uh, there, might, there probably is reasons. Um, but I don't know. But obviously, for you to fight, like to, to know yourself now, because this is like what I don't understand. Of. So everything you do is to change the way you feel, right? But nothing external can fix something that's internal. Mm. Yeah. Um. So you drink to change the way you feel, like lose your job, like this and that. But then once you get that taste for it and you like that, you chase it. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you don't want it to stop. No. And, then all the carnage happens and this and that. So let's say for example, like this year for example, right? Um, I stopped drinking January six, and um, so since the start of this year, I was meant to have a niece, and uh, she died in the last forty eight hours and happened. Um, and initially. Obviously, that feeling of sadness, uh, anger, like all, all the present, presentful feelings, you know, why this, why that, I'm trying to sort my, sort my life out, why is this happening? So, you know, like all them things mm. you can get angry and frustrated for, and a thought of going back to the drink, right? But where I now understood that all you're doing when you're drinking is changing the way you feel, right? It's basically, let's say, whatever issue or problem you have, yeah. And you want to take your mind off you, you pick up a drink, you pick up a drink, like whatever you, whatever you pick up food, you change mm. the way you feel, yeah, anything, you go to the gym, and, but you're not dealing with the problem, because mm. it's an internal problem, emotions, is it? And I didn't, because I thought, I knew myself, I thought, do you know what, if I do that, I'm going to go missing for four days, you know, I looked at the bigger picture, it might take my mind off of it and suppress it for the meantime, but it doesn't bring it back. It doesn't change what's happened, and I'm taking my family's peace of mind by going missing. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just selfish of me. You know, and I didn't. And um, 
I was present, and that, that that's the you know the like the gift of being sober. I'm always present. Mm-hmm. If anyone rings me, I can answer the phone. You know, I can be there for my family, be there for my brother, his missus, and build up. I was there for everyone, and I I wouldn't another worry for everyone else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, and it it was hard and it was sad, but that's life. Shit happens. You know what I mean? Shit. And you have to just deal with it. You know, like in my opinion, this is what I mean. Like when 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 something happens, you choose to pick up a drink. Yeah, you put your life on pause. Yeah, you go cause a load of carnage, and you got to press play with the consequences, and you feel like shit. Yeah. So you're still in the same position you was before you picked up the drink. Mm. But you just cause a load of trouble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a good and way I understand that. Now. Yeah, I never you know, thought of like that. And then a couple of months later, one of my friends committed suicide. Same thing. You know, I uh, start speaking why this, why that, and and for anyone, or well, a lot of my friends, they they will they will go back to. Doing the same thing, you know. Um, but I know it doesn't change anything. Mm. It doesn't bring it back. It doesn't change a thing. It might suppress my feelings for the meantime, but I still have to deal with them afterwards. And now I understand that no- yeah. nothing external can fix an internal problem. It's hard, but I can sit on my feelings, process them, and deal with them, mm. rather than put them off, put them off, put them off, put them off, put them off. And in that process of putting them off, when you drink in and out, you, especially if you're emotionally emotional and, and you're angry and that, you don't know what you're doing. Mm. You get nicked, you fucking cause carnage, you start fights. Like, like, yeah. you could do something you regret massively. I broke my car off out and up. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm on a driving van at the moment. You know? Yeah. For what? Because I didn't like the way I felt, so I got out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, that could have been a lot worse. I could have killed someone. I could have killed myself. You know what I mean? And then, uh, and then everyone else and has to deal with the consequences. And then the consequences of that, all, all because of what I could do with how I was feeling. You know? Mm. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, so like I said, like all the problems and mistakes I've made in my life. You know, I can now sit back and look at them all and learn from them. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, like, I can't. I, I, I don't. Now I understand alcohol. Mm. I don't. I wouldn't pick it up. Yeah. Because there's no health benefits from it. No. You know, you can justify all you like to to why you want to drink. You know, I've got a deep personality. If I pick up a drink, one too many, a thousand's not enough. I can't stop. You know, and like, again, ultimately, I normally only drink to change the way I feel. Mm. You know, I can deal with how I feel nowadays. So. That's good. I feel like I'm on the, the right path. Things are going to plan. Do you not have a feeling of you want to drink it? Nah, that's gone. Nah, because the thought might come in now and again if I'm, if I'm having a bad day. Mm. But like I said, I process it, think of the big, bigger picture. It's not worth it. And then I just like, everything I've achieved, I'll just be thrown away. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you don't need to. And then like, 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 I think of everything, like, like, I feel like now my health and my life, I'm, I'm older now, I'm 32. So, like with the fighting, I probably only got five, five years, four years, probably to to do be co- competitive level, and then uh, anything after that, I think you just you just fight for the sake of it. Sort you know, of so like a gateway. Yeah. So so while I still can be at a good competitive level, I will. So I think of like people like as a chart. So on, I'm on the incline. My recovery, my legs, my health, everything like this. My cardio, my training. Now, if I put alcohol in my body, is it giving me minus percent or plus percent? Minus. 
Mine, yeah. Why do I want to play with my body? No. I don't want to put nothing in my body that's going to jeopardise that incline. Because mm. I ain't got the time on my side anymore. No. Whereas before, oh, I'm young, I'm young, I'm young, I get away with it, you know, justify it, justify it, justify it. And then all of a sudden, I'm going away from no one. Crazy you know I, mean? you know, I wish I had head now when I was 21. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, like I said, hopefully I can pass it on to other people. But everyone, yeah, mate, and everyone goes through our journey and you don't know what, obviously, your next step in your career could be. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've made a prediction about your career. And I don't want to tell you it. All right. But I've made a prediction about your career. And I've told a couple of very close people to me. It's an old prediction. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But I, I honestly think you can you can do something big in boxing. I really do. Um, and then, obviously, what you've, what you've come through within fighting... What you come through within, like in your personal life, mentally, like again, I, I don't, I don't know anything, anything about it. Like, we've known each other for a long time. We, we, we don't spend every day together. Yeah. It's, it's one of the relationships when we see each other. It's like we've not spent any time apart. Picked up on really. Yeah, but we don't, we don't spend like mass, mass amount of time. So I only know obviously bits and pieces. But from what I've seen, what you've come through yeah. to where you are now. Mentally, the strength is is incredible. I don't think many people could be where sitting where you are now, starting a new phase of a, a fighting career after going through what you've been through, and then like, fighting with a broken jaw, fighting with with broken leg, like to come through things like that in the ring as well. Like obviously, you've got to fight in a couple in in four in a month's time. You could you could take one massive big shot, send your head spinning, and you can sit there. Most people at thirty two. Boxing for the first time, I think he saved me. But the pain that you've gone through, you're like, well, I've done this a million times before, it's done that to me. It's your first fight, but the experience that you've got yeah, to yeah. even now be there yeah. is, is like no other. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. For, and, and I've always said, if, if you turn pro boxing, I'll be there. Like, every fight I'll be there, because I, I love boxing yeah. more than anything. Or cage fighting, I used to go to watch you, I didn't really yeah, have yeah, much yeah, interest yeah. in it. But boxing, like, yeah, as a friend, as a fan, I'm there, mate, all day long. And, and then anything I could do to help you with that, I'm 100% will as well. Thanks, mate. So, no, mate, appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you talking about all this as well, to be honest with you. No, mate, it's good to... It's, mate, this is exactly like... And I keep going about recovery, but this is exactly what recovery is. This is about talking about whatever's going on inside. You know, mm-hmm. you talk about with someone who's experienced with the... It's, it's a 12-step program. You know, who's experienced with it, and they pass on the knowledge to you to deal with your feelings. It, like, rather than like, it ain't even like, it's not like a course or something. Mm. It's like a 12 step guide to dealing with your head. Mm. You know, you know that, that results in you not having to drink or use drugs to shut your head up. Yeah. Process your feelings and emotions, you know, and, and make the right decisions rather than fuck your life up and yeah. write cars off. Looking back now, you know, like I had loads of opportunities that I threw away because of me, me and my lifestyle, you know. And I can sit there and dwell on it and be myself up about it, but you can't change the past, you know. Like you can learn from it and make better decisions moving forward. Yeah. Sorry, can you just quit down there, Doc? Yeah, go. Just for the light. I think you better light it up. Um, yeah, no, mate, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm proud as a friend to see how far you've come 
and I'm excited as a fan to see how far you're going to go. With so with the boxing now, obviously you had this thing where you, if people told you you were going to win, you'd take it lightly, and if people told you you're going to lose, you'd, you'd sort of train harder. Have you still got that same mentality now? Do you think? You know what? Because now I'm clean, I think like I said earlier, I don't have that subconscious excuse if I lost. Mm. You know, not that I would did it on purpose, I just feel like I would Self-sabotage. Yeah. I was just fucking lost. So now, because I know if I lose, it's because I lost. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've trained as hard as I can. I've still got a month. You know, um, you know I, I, I can go in there as fully prepared. You know what it is? It's, it's like I have to accept the result, win or lose. But if I know I've done my part, like I said about the Maguire fight, mm. you know, I trained for that fight properly. You know, and I put on my best performance because I took the fight seriously. Yeah. So I know what I'm capable of when I train properly. You know, so now when someone says to me, yeah, you're going to run through this guy, because I know from the past what happens when I don't take fights seriously, I'm not doing that. Yeah, good. You know, I could be fighting average Joe off the street, or I could be fighting Tyson Fury, I'm taking a fight the same. Yeah. You know I mean? And you have to, because I don't want to have an excuse, oh, well, I did this, oh, well, I did that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If I go in there fully prepared and the guy beats me, I have to accept the better than one that night. Do you know what I mean? And at least I know in myself, I've done everything correct. Yeah. And I can't just beat myself up afterwards. Like, oh, well, you did this, but we did this. Do you know what I mean? Feel sorry for yeah. yourself and all that. Like, you both get given the same amount of time. You both train for the fight. You know, if you don't perform on the night because of you made bad life decisions, then that's your problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 I, and I, I own that now. Yeah. You've got a good, you like, you're in a good camp as well with Mark Tibbs. Arg- well, Jimmy arguably one of the best British coaches ever. Um, if you went into them same patterns, I, I can't imagine Mark still wanting to take you on and help you out if you sort of take things lightly and, and go back to my ways. So you, you kind of you've got to carry on that path in you to stay where you are, really. Yeah, well, do you know what I mean. Like, if I weren't doing what I was doing this year. I don't think he would have battled an eyelid about me being in the gym. No. You know? Um, I guess because I was honest with him. Yeah, I, I, I get on very, very well with Mark, you know, I speak, speak to him daily, train at the gym daily. <laughs> I live in the gym. Mm. There's other guys down there, like, do you ever go home? Like, <laughs> I'm in the gym training. Right. Have you got any advice to give to A, your younger self? And B, any fighters looking to come through now? Yeah. Listen to your intuition. You got nice best. Um, you know, uh, don't live in fear. You know, try things out. You know. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, if. You don't, like, you never know the outcome of something unless you try it. Mm. But you already know the outcome if you don't try it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, like, you, you know, you just try and fail, try and fail, try and fail, try and fail, you know. Like, don't be scared of failure. Don't, 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 don't worry what other people think, you know. Just do you, you know, believe in yourself. 
you know, the Robert Naysayers and people that don't believe in you or people. But a lot of people will tell you you can't do something because they're too scared to do it themselves, you know. Mm. And um, just, yeah, just believe in yourself and do what you've got to do, do you know what I mean? And, and just surround yourself with the right people, you know. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things I wish I'd done. Like, not, not everyone's your friend, you know. You know, some people, uh, once the use for you is gone, mm. you know, then so is their friendship or shit. Like, do you know what I mean? Have you had a lot of that? There's things like, you think people like, got you back, do this, do that, yeah, yeah. So circumstances change. Yeah. Like, years of friendship or really? what you thought was a good friendship, gone because of business, you know. A lot of people are out for themselves, you know. It's, it, just keep your circle small, really, you know. Everyone loves you when you're winning, not the, the ones that are there for you when you're losing, they, they're the ones you want to hold on to. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and, and to tell my younger self, uh, <laughs> listen. <laughs> don't, you don't know this, you know what I mean? You know, li- listen to, you know, old people, more experienced people, you know, listen to people, you know. Mm. There's a saying, they say, learn to listen and listen to learn. Mm. And, uh, Cheers, Brad. Thanks for coming. Really appreciate it. Cheers, mate. See you soon.